Praise the Lord. God is good. Our brother Harold is here too. Thank you, Harold. Thank you for coming. Every Sunday is a special Sunday. And I mean, I, I can't wait to hear what God is going to speak to us today. Uh, as you know, our THMC, we have a, like, we, we call it KM pastors, EM pastors. I mean, we don't, we don't have, there's no such thing as KM or EM. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ, right? We're all family members. And our uh, praise leader of our KM ministry, Pastor Kevin, he's here today. And I'm going to keep bugging him to come and speak for us. So uh, though he's our praise, you know, uh, pastor, uh, it's been, he's kind of new uh, because he got ordination, uh, was it last year? Last year. Last year. Last year. It's been a year. So, and uh, it's such an honor and good to work with him because I see his sincerity to the Lord. So uh, it's a rare trick to see the, you know, sincerity. Pastor who has sincerity, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> and let's, let's welcome our brother and Pastor Kevin. The, uh, that was a wonderful praise and worship. That was so great. Can we uh, give it up for the praise team? Can we do that? Uh, so how's everyone doing? Good, good. I hope you're having a good Sunday so far. Normally at this time of a day, I'm normally having a fellowship with my praise team or having a book club with them. But today I get to uh, spend some time with you. Very excited about this. So uh, if we can uh, read the passage all together, uh, the scripture that we'll be looking at today is Isaiah 58, verse 1 to 7. If we can uh, read it all together, um, let us begin. Shout it out loud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day, they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say? You have not seen it. Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked feasts. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves. Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Okay, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To lose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke? To set you up free, break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, come before you with 
great thanksgiving. And as we're about to hear your words of God, Father, may you humble ourselves. May you anoint the word that we're about to receive. Father, we thank you for this time. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So uh, as I'm standing here and looking at all of you, I see some faces that I know, while I also see a lot of unfamiliar faces. That's good. And uh, for those of you who don't know who the heck I am, you know, let me introduce myself to you uh, just briefly. As he said, I am a, a worship pastor here at KEM for Dogamsa. And I have a beautiful wife who used to be a kindergarten teacher for a long time, but she's now taking some time off. You know, when you uh, work with kids, you know, you know how it becomes. And I have two beautiful uh, children. They're 15 and 13, a girl and a boy. They're both going through puberty. You know what that means? Puberty. You know, there's always endless drama at our house. You know, every time I ask them to do something for me, I'm the one who has to kind of like nunchi, you know. I'm the one who has to be careful on how I say it. If I don't, if I don't say it in a certain way, they'll, they'll kind of get scary. And you don't want to know how they respond. So uh, I feel like they're the boss of me sometimes. You know, at this point of my life, there's a hierarchy. I feel like I'm the lowest rank in my family. <laughs> yeah. But he wasn't always like this, especially with my son. You know, he used to always say, Daddy, I love you. And he used to, like, in the morning when I drop him off in the morning, he used to, like, give me a pack on my lips. And, and we used to do a lot of things together. We used to play uh, basketball together, like skateboard together. You know, but all those were last year. But this year is totally different. When I say I love you, and he, he'll say, what are you saying, Dad? When I, when I say, can you do this for me? And he'll go, why? Why are you asking me? You know, hearing all these as a parent, it's heartaching. Frankly, my relationship with my son is a little shaky right now. So I've been praying to God, what have I done wrong? Why is my relationship with my son it's not going well? Why is he shutting me down? You know, I've been praying, and I realized that the reason why I wasn't able to reach out to him was because I was using a language that he does not understand. What I mean by that is now he's a different person. You know, he has grown. You know, he has hair in a place where he didn't have hair before. You know, he doesn't have that high-pitched girly voice anymore. You know, he's as tall as me. You know, a lot of things have changed, but I'm still talking to him like a little child who used to say I love you and who used to give me a pack on my lips. That's why I wasn't able to communicate with him. Apparently, that is what is going on here in Isaiah 58. You know, the Israelites are concerned because their relationship with God is not going well. You thought I said all that for nothing, right? So, yeah, they're concerned about the relationship. You know, they put all this hard work to build a relationship with God, but they feel like God is turning away from them. They feel like God is shutting them down, kind of like how my son was shutting me down. So let's look at verse 3 and see what it says together. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? 
Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? You see, what the Israelites are trying to say here is that, you know, God, we've been fasting as you have told us to. We've been uh, worshiping. We've been praying diligently. But why aren't you answering our prayers? You know, we've been uh, doing all these daily religious practices for a long time. But why why are you shutting us down? You know, they're basically petitioning to God. And they're appealing for an answer. You know, uh, in our Korean churches, we have, uh, you know, 새벽 예배. We have dawn service. And, you know, a lot of people go to dawn service, like, every morning, right? Never miss a day. And it's kind of like we're saying, hey, God, I've been going to dawn service for the last 10 years. I've never missed a single day, but why aren't you answering my prayer? I've been serving at the praise team for the last five years. I've never missed a single Sunday, but why aren't you answering my prayer? You see, sometimes we pressure God to listen to us. We obligate God to bless us. And that is what's happening here in Isaiah 58. Now, here's how God is responding to the uh, Israelites' petition. And his response is striking. Let us look at verse 3b and 4 together. Yet, On the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked feasts. You cannot fast as you do today. Expect your voice to be heard on high. What God is trying to say to the Israelites through the prophet Isaiah here is that, you know, you say amen and hallelujah and worship on Sunday. But on Monday, when you go to work, you exploit your workers. You come before me, and you come, you bow down before me, and you profess your love to me. But when you go out, you pick fight with everyone. You pick fight with your spouse. You pick fight with your children, with your friends, with your parents, with your workers, with your neighbors. And you expect me to listen to you. You expect me to answer your prayers. Are you crazy? Sorry, God didn't say, are you crazy? That was my own interpretation. But yeah, basically what is happening here is that their vertical relationship with God was not applying to the horizontal relationship with their neighbors. In other words, their theology with God was not applying to their society. And God's response to that is, I am sorry, but all your daily Spiritual practices that you've been observing, they're nothing but meaningless, powerless, fruitless, hypocritical, and self-serving. Because your motives are not pure. And your actions are motivated by your pride. You see, God knows exactly what's in our hearts. He sees through our hearts. He knows our motivation. So, uh, What is acceptable worship? What is acceptable fasting? How do we make make our lives more pleasing to God? How do we move God's heart to listen to us? Here, the prophet Isaiah explains how in verse 6. And this is the core of Isaiah 58. If we can read this verse together, uh, begin... Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to lose the chains of injustice 
and untie the cords of the yoke, to see the oppressed free and break every yoke. Then he goes a little bit more in detail in verse 7. If we can read verse 7 as well, I'll begin. Is not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter. When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. What God is trying to say here is, if you want my attention, if you want me to answer your prayers, this is what you got to do. The acceptable worship that I have chosen is for you to open the bonds of wickedness and care for the poor and the needy and help and provide them help. And this is the horizontal relationship that God is talking about here in Isaiah 58. You know, sin is not only about doing the bad things, but sin is also, it's also sin when we neglect to do the right things. It's also sin when we neglect to do the things that we're called to do as a Christian. You know, it's a sin when we turn away from our own brothers and sisters. In fact, Jesus Christ talks about this specifically in the parable of the Good Samaritan. I know uh, some of us are already very passionate about these social issues that Isaiah is talking about here. And probably actively already involved in remedying these issues uh, through NGOs or nonprofit orgs. On, on the other hand, I know some may say, whoa, this is pretty deep stuff. You're talking about social justice. You're talking about homeless crisis here in LA and human trafficking and refugee crisis. You know, they're not for me. They're for someone who has more authority than me. Some might even say, you know, frankly, when I see homeless out on the street, I don't feel really sorry for them because I feel like they're a bunch of drug addicts. And if, I'm afraid if I give them money, they'll probably buy themselves more drugs. Plus, grudgingly helping them out without genuine love for them, wouldn't that be the same as the fasting with the wrong motives that Isaiah is talking about here? Kind of like pressuring God to bless me because I've done all your homework? You know, all these concerns and the, uh, in the midst of all these concerns and the uh, uncertainty, I think the important question that we need to ask ourselves is that how do we instill true compassion of Christ into our hearts so, so that our motives are pure, so our motives are not self-serving? Um, I don't know if you guys ever, I don't know if you guys have heard, but back in the spring this year, uh, with help from uh, Elder Joseph, Tim's uncle, and Pastor David, we uh, started doing homeless ministry in Skid Row. We found this great place where uh, homeless people kind of hang out on weekends. And since March this year, we've been going out there once every month to have this fantastic worship with them. And uh, on the first day of our ministry, there was this homeless guy who was going around and asking uh, some of our members a question. And the question was, are you sincere? Are you sincere? In other words, are you sure you're not doing this to please yourself or, or to fulfill your own desire? You know, this guy wanted to make sure that our motives were not self-serving. You know, I think this is the kind of question that we need to ask ourselves when we do ministry. 
So on that night, I asked myself the same question. Why am I doing this? Am I sincere? And my answer was simple and clear. You know, I'm doing this because I had a genuine repentance before Christ. A long story short, God spoke to me through Isaiah 58 in 2008. And what he said to me through scripture was striking and heartaching. And this is what he said to me. You know, you've been a Christian all your life. But why do you keep ignoring from those who are suffering around your neighbor and in your, in your city and in your nation and, and in this world? You know, why do you keep turning away from those who are suffering, you know, in your neighborhood? And when, when I heard that through the scripture, when I realized that, you know, I, I just broke down in tears. And the tear could not stop falling for three hours because I felt the pain and the agony that God was going through. And he kept on saying, there's not enough workers to save and help these people. And on that day, I felt how much Jesus Christ had to go, how much suffering that he had to go through to save me on the cross. And on that day, I had the genuine Repentance before Christ. So, let me ask, have we had a genuine repentance before Christ? Think about it. Have we tried repenting our daily sins before Christ? Have we tried asking Jesus Christ to rule our hearts with his compassion and love? Have we tried listening to the voice of Christ through scripture? After all, are we all trying to be more like Christ? You know, if we're truly becoming more like Christ every day, you know, we won't be able to turn away from those who are suffering, those who are oppressed, and those who are sick and the poor, because Jesus Christ would never do that. So what Isaiah is trying to say here is, if we genuinely care for these people and needy, and, he, and provide them help, God will say, you got my attention. And I will listen to you when you call upon my name. And I will hear your prayers. And that is what Isaiah is talking about here. But that's not the end of Isaiah 58. He actually goes a little bit more further, and he explains 12 different promises of uh, blessings. And unfortunately, I don't have time to go over that 12 blessings today. I know we all don't like long sermon. If I go for it, I know you, you'll hate me for it. So um, hopefully next time I'll share that with you. So as I'm wrapping up my sermon, I want to share a short story with you. Somewhere in Europe, there was this gorgeous, this beautiful statue of Jesus Christ with hands stretching out and said, come on to me, come on to me. But during the World War II, in bombing, this statue got destroyed. But this statue was so appreciated by the people in town, they decided to rebuild that statue. 
As a sculptor was rebuilding the statue, he said, what am I going to do with these hands? Maybe I should be a little bit more creative this time. When the statue was complete, as they were unveiling the statue, the people in town were horrified to see the hands of Jesus Christ were missing. And his, his hands were cut off from the wrist. And people were yelling, how could you do this? What kind of sculptor are you? But as the drape was being pulled off from the base, they found little writing. And it read, who will be my hands? Who will be my hands? What it means is that who will be the hands of Jesus Christ to visit the prisoners in the prison? Who will be the hands of Jesus Christ to reach out to the poor and the needy and the sick? You know, I want to ask the same question to all of us. Who is willing to be the hands of Jesus Christ? To reach out to the poor, to reach out to the sick and the oppressed? Who is willing to be the hands of Jesus Christ to provide love and compassion and help to those who are suffering? Do we feel like our relationship with God is not going well? Do we feel like our prayers are not being answered? Before we ask God why, how about we take a look around in our neighborhood and see what's happening there? How about we go to Skid Row and see what's going on in there? How about we join the homeless ministry that we started at our church? How about we watch the news and see what's happening around the world? And see if we can find Jesus Christ through the face of those who are suffering, oppressed, and sick. Remember, Isaiah 58 is not about playing religion. It's about having the right relationship with God through having the right relationship with those who are suffering around us. And that is true fasting, and that is true worship. Let us pray. Lord gracious Father, we uh, thank you for reminding us about Isaiah 58 and also the second greatest commandments, loving our neighbors as ourselves, O Lord. We are humbled by your words, O Lord. Today, as we hear the cries of the people who are sick and oppressed and hungry through your words, if there had been a time when we ignore these cries or turn away from these people, Lord Father, forgive us. Forgive us, O Lord Father, as we repent before Christ, who is gracious and loving. Father, we want to pray for those who are oppressed and sick. Help us to be the hands of Jesus Christ to provide compassion and love for them. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.